Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha Casper-Cook, and we have a great show today. Uh, Josh Malaman and Elizabeth Black are here, and we're going to have a lot of fun. But first off, I have to say one thing. Over the last 12 years, there are too many times when I've had to say this, and there are too many to count, but I am, my condolences go out to the families in Boulder, Colorado, from the shooting, and I, I hope this will be the end of that so we don't have to ever have another one of these again. Um, I say this every time, but I just couldn't let it go, and I'm really sorry, and I hope um, their families, it's going to be very tough, and it's going to be tough for a lot of the people there because they just were in a grocery store, which we've all been in. And um, so my deepest condolences, and um, we'll start the show in just a few seconds, and um, I'm going to let Josh and Elizabeth both introduce themselves, and um, then we'll talk. Okay, Elizabeth. Um, I'm Elizabeth Black, and I write uh, erotica and romance as Elizabeth Black, and I write horror and dark fiction as E.A. Black. I also uh, used to work in movies, TV, concerts, and stage, uh, doing mostly lighting, but I also did uh, prosthetic makeup and uh, scenic art. So um, that's most of my background, and a lot of it carries over into what I'm doing now. So there's that. (laughs) And you introduced me to all these wonderful guests, and you had Josh on a show so it's a mm-hmm. long time ago, and yes. I always wanted to have yes, him a back. Of years ago. And this is so yeah, that's a while, and uh, right, and yes, so I, I thank you for that. that. So and, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and I'm when was it? Been a while here that I forget to mention it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember all these things, right? But no, and I remember so hearing, and I remember. go like, oh, I really, I, I, I kept thinking, oh, I really like this guy. He's such a nice guy. He's talking about all these different things, and he's helpful to writers. And um, I, you are a nice guy, Josh. I don't know you except for what I see you on Facebook and now that we're talking, but I've seen a lot of your comments. And during the beginning of COVID, I saw some of the nice comments and things you were trying to help people. So um, I think that was really, really nice. And so introduce yourself, and I didn't want to forget that. So um, go ahead, introduce yourself and tell everybody if they don't know who you are, which I'm sure most people do know who you are, you become a household name. Oh, my. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> I am Josh Mallerman. I'm the, I'm the author of Bird Box and Mallory and A House at the Bottom of a Lake and, and, and others. And I'm also um, one of two singer-songwriters in the Detroit rock band, The High Strung. Uh, we... We toured the country like like maniacs for many years, um, and we played in Chicago, uh, I got a hundred times, and everywhere else too in America. Um, and 
And recently, my manager, Ryan Lewis, and I, and, and this is, Ryan's more of a, a best friend to me now than a manager. We've been working together for like 13 years. And recently, Ryan and I started a production company as well called Spin a Black Yarn. And the initial idea was kind of, let's be producers on uh, all my books and stories, and let's try to get like film traction side, but let's be producers on it. And But now it has expanded to other, you know, other people in horror, other um, writers and, and screenwriters. And just recently, we produced for the first time, like our first our first movie. We, we, we finished shooting it in October, and it's based on um, the, the, the book We Need to Do Something by Max Booth III. And Max came into town from Texas, and he was here in Michigan. Him and I got drunk one night together. It was amazing. Um, and and we, they, we, we, we filmed the movie up here in Michigan. It was directed by Sean O'Grady. And so a lot going on, books, songs, and now movies. And thank yeah. you in advance for having me. Hello. Oh, good. Hello. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think that, you know, our, you know, most authors, you know, don't, you know, I mean, you've achieved really great success and, you know, it, it and you still keep going and it wasn't always, it's not easy. So at the beginning, you know, like everybody thinks that, you know, first they think they're going to make it big and then they realize reality (laughs) this is not that easy and then they come and decide what they're going to do so how long have you been doing this and i think people like to know that what you know what kept you in the game well i think on one level i was lucky because i've been writing songs and and trying to write books forever right and i i've been in a with my best friend since we were like hmm like 21, 22 years old or something, right? And the whole time I'm trying to write novels at the same time, but failing, and all I mean by failing, didn't finish them. That doesn't mean they were good or bad. I just, I didn't know how to finish one. But then at at about age 29, I did. I finished one. And it was like the doors, like, blew open from there. And I've I've written some, like, 33 now or something like that. Wow. And I was writing a lot of them. While the band was on the road, while we're literally driving from, I mean, Denver to Utah, uh, to Salt Lake City, from L.A. to San Francisco, while we're driving, you know, the drummer's driving, the bass player's in the back reading, and I'm like, I can read, <laughs> or I can work yeah. on a novel. So, in a way, I feel like I was lucky because when I started writing novels, I had, I was living a life that already experienced, like, like instant gratification in a creative way. We're playing our songs for people every night, you know, sometimes five people, sometimes 20, I mean, mostly just like 20 people, but it was unbelievable still. So there was just sort of like that bone was that, that was that, but that was satiated or something. And so I never looked at the books and the growing pile of rough drafts. I never looked at them with like dollar signs in my eyes with, with desperation, with, I I, I just kind of always, had this blind faith that, like, hey, man, this is going to work out because you're, you're putting your all into all these. I don't know what that yeah. means yet, but it will work out one day. Yeah. And then by the time Bird Box came out, and that was my first published book, I had written, like, 14 novels. Yeah. So yeah. how long have I been doing this my entire adult life, but how long have I been, like, writing novels? Well, I finished my first at 29, and I'm 45 now. So yeah. I was, like a, like, a nonstop 16, you know, years. Yeah. 
So, I mean, right, that's the thing, you know, but you just kept writing it and right, and you weren't looking at dollar signs, and that's really what happens to a lot of people, which Elizabeth and I have done show after show, and everybody, you know, talks about, you know, they want to achieve success, but it doesn't always mean monetarily, you know, and so you have to keep doing this because you like this, and then hopefully I'm, you can make money. Uh, yes, 100%. I'm of a mind that, it's almost like this, how do I explain this? It's almost like a theory of like momentum or something, right? Where if you stay in motion and you stay in motion because you want to, like joyfully yeah. stay in motion, you may not like end up exactly where you think you would end up or want to end up, but you're right. going to end up somewhere because you're in motion with it. And so yeah. it's going to take you somewhere exciting, unknown. Maybe that means, um, you know, you end up living across the country, across the world. Maybe it means you write a book you never thought you'd write. Maybe you have a bestseller. Maybe you, maybe it just leads to meeting someone. Whatever it is, yeah. I think if you stay in motion with it, with, with yeah. you know, artistically, and you're always writing and talking about it with the people you meet and excitedly listening to their stories, I think it will lead somewhere promising and good for you. And that, and that was my philosophy at age 20, and that, that's what it is now. Yeah. Elizabeth, do you have anything? Oh, yeah, I know you. Well, you know, Josh, did you did you try to publish any of the books that you wrote before Bird Box, or did you so, keep no, them to yourself? I never, how did that work out? I never, uh, I never sent them to agents. I didn't even really know how. Uh, I didn't um, mm-hmm. like a lot of young authors. We, know, we don't know what the hell we're doing, okay. right? I didn't, I didn't know any uh, agents. I didn't send any out to publishing houses. And what happened was, I got like, I had posted online. Mm-hmm, like maybe the first eight or nine books. Like I wrote a novel today, you know. I finished another novel today, this kind of thing. <laughs> and a friend of mine, a friend of mine from high school called me, and he's like, listen, I, all I know is I'm seeing that you're finishing another book a month, and I know a lawyer that represents authors. Can I send him one of your books? And I literally had no idea what Dave was talking about. I'm like, what do you mean? Like right. send a lawyer? Like, for what, what, like what's a lawyer going to do with one of my rough drafts, right? So yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah. And I had the book um, Goblin done at the time, and I sent Dave Goblin. Goblin sends it to the lawyer. And then one afternoon, I'm hanging out outside Detroit, and the phone rings, and it's the lawyer, and he's like, hey, I, I read your book Goblin. I'd like to represent you, and I think I have a good manager in mind for you. And he introduced me to, who is now my like, you know, best friend, uh, business partner, Ryan Lewis. Um, he, and Ryan, he sent Goblin to Ryan. Ryan calls me a week later. He's like, listen, I'd love to manage you. And I was like, yeah. what is going on right now? I'm still, at this time, I'm still in the band. We're playing shows for like 20 people. We're getting drunk every night. We're having the time of our <laughs> lives. And, and the stack of rough drafts is getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, I, I, I distinctly remember the bass player, Chad, one time asking me, like, have you considered self-publishing? I mean, man, you've got like 10 books right now, you know? Yeah. And I remember saying to him something like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I don't even know. I, I remember saying, like, I don't know how to explain this yet. I, I, I know that this is going to work out in some way bigger. Not bigger, but, like, it's going to work out. This isn't the moment for that yet or something. But when Ryan and Wayne, the lawyer and manager, called me, that was obviously, that's when everything started. And Ryan yeah. got um, together, we, well, with his notes, I rewrote Bird Box. He gave it to Kristen Nelson, the agent. She, she, I signed with her, and she shopped it, and HarperCollins picked it up. This was like, it was a bit like dominoes, but spread over, you know, Ryan and I were together for a number of years before, yeah. before Kristen and HarperCollins came in. 
See, yeah, because it is hard. You know, I was an agent for many years, you know, a signatory with the guild, and, you know, I had all new clients. And most of them, you know, they just gave up. You know, I still get people, you know, that are just sometimes calling me now or they'll, you know, or they'll email me or, you know, and they're still out there, but a lot of them gave up. And so I'm always, you know, interested in that, that, that people just keep going because I truly do believe, like you do, that you just keep going and you'll see what happens, you know. And it may not be monetarily is <laughs> good for some people, but at least they'll have had their, you know, a lot of times because I have, I'm a screenwriter, that's what I always started this, and but the screenwriting isn't very it's hard to get you know something through hollywood it's very hard even if you're in you know as an agent i didn't actually i had a manager but he was happy to be my manager because i was the one that was the signatory but we didn't get where we should have got because i couldn't really pursue myself but all these people you know that i had they, a lot of them they gave up and i kept saying just keep going keep going keep going you know and i do believe that if you keep going you know like some of the screenplays, I've taken my screenplays and put them as books, and I keep telling people, just try that. You know, not everybody can write a book, but try it because at least they'll get it out, and you never know who's going to read it. That's the thing. Nobody knows who's going to read their work. Like you say, nobody yeah, knows and who, we're, you don't know and who we're you're going to meet. Like we, okay, yes, totally. And there's nothing really to me, I mean, God, there's nothing like sadder than, than seeing someone like, I guess, like, as you said, give up, right? It's, it's yeah. because in your, you want to say to them, like, it doesn't, honey, you want to say to them, it doesn't matter. Like, stop looking at these landmarks of success. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. keep doing it because you love it and you have to do that kind of thing. Right. I remember reading a book by uh, an introduction to A Clockwork Orange where Anthony Burgess was yeah. saying, he was like, I have no idea why everyone loved this book. Uh, to me, my favorite of my own is this one, but everyone loves it. He almost seemed upset that everyone yeah. loves Clockwork Orange and whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that struck right. me as interesting, right? right? Because yeah. what, if he, what, what if Clockwork Orange was his 11th book? And what if he gave up at book five? So right. exactly. to me, it's like, it's See, like what right. you said, you never know which one's going to connect. And then exactly. in today's day and age... In today's day and age, um, like Max Booth, we just made that movie. He, you know, he indie published that novella. I mean, you know, we it's a movie now. And, See, and that's it's the like, thing, so, right? Right, right. Because wait, you can indie publish now and get your book out there. And years ago. It would just sit in a drawer because, it, you know, everybody know you know, like, it's unfortunate that you didn't have the advice, but you got, you know, you were lucky that what happened to you because, you know, the advice is try to find an agent, but it's really hard to find an agent. You know, that's why I became an agent, to help people because you can't find an agent. Unless you're successful, they don't want to bother with you. So... But I do think if you write a book and you're an indie publisher and you get it done the right way and the book is edited and, you know, which we've talked about many times on the show, you can get your book out there and you can connect a lot easier now than because of Instagram. and You can connect to people. It's very yep. different. So I do think well, that. Your, yeah, it, your way of getting an Asian is really unusual because uh, you didn't pitch the way a lot of people do. They'll write directly to the agency, yeah. uh, give an elevator pitch and the rest of it, and then wait to hear back from the agency. So, And I've heard of other writers that also had unusual ways of obtaining their agents. Um, a lot of it was just through – a lot of it was through luck, and a lot of it was just uh, very yeah. good connections. Yes. Well, well I always, yeah. always kind of look at this. That, that Dave, it's even in, on my Wikipedia page, that, that um, encounter with Dave 
David Simmer calling me from high school. I always look at it like this, like it's probably the most like fortunate, like lucky moment I've ever had in that way. But at the same time, I was completely ready to get lucky. Like I had like 14 novels written and, and all these songs recorded and, and and just, I was in a place psychologically where I wasn't um, after fame or money or this or that. I was, I was just trying to write an, like the, the, the best book I could or something. And Dave comes along and says, hey, I can send this to someone. So I've always looked at it like, and, and in every single book, every single one, I thank him in the acknowledgments. Dave and I talk regularly online and on the phone. Right. And I'm always thanking him. And at the same time, I have to remind myself, yes, you got lucky, but dude, you were ready for that. And yeah. I think yeah. that that kind of speaks to what you were saying about you know, don't give up. Just keep doing this. Keep putting, yep. keep finding the joy in this. And, yep. and something's going to come from that. So how exciting is it? Okay. You, you get picked up, you know, for a, a movie. Okay. I mean, and this is what people are right. And they're just constantly waiting for that part. So, you know, you, you have this wonderful story that was in your mind. And now everybody, you know, and I, I think you put a post out that it's, still doing fabulous on Netflix. Yeah, the CEO was on like some podcast the other day and said that it's still the number one movie all time. And we're like, wow, mm-hmm. me and my manager, like Ryan's the one that sent me that. And we're both like, what is going on, man? It's still, yeah, what an, what an experience. Because Bird Box was optioned by Universal Studios before um, the book came out. And so you talk about, no leverage. Yeah, we have like negative yeah. leverage. Like I mm-hmm. Box is my first book. It's not even out yet, right? And <laughs> we were like we were out of our minds excited, of course, right? Yeah. Well, some time passes, the book comes out, um, nothing really happens on the film side, but okay, whatever. Yeah. And then Netflix Netflix buys that buys the, the deal really from yeah. Universal. And at that point, we were like, huh, this must mean something. Why are they getting this? And a few weeks later, we were told Sandra Bullock's in it. And at that point, I didn't know what was going on because because she's like the Audrey Hepburn of my generation. You know what I mean? Like, like I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know what's happening. At that moment, we realized that And then she's great in the movie. There's no doubt about it. She's good. You know, even when she started out, I mean, I like all her movies. You know, she's just like a real person. And so whatever role she's in, you can believe she's doing it. You know, and so I think yeah. that's the kind of actress she is. You know, and I just saw it. I, I mentioned this before the show was on that I just saw it. So if people have seen it before, I try to watch it again now if you have a chance because there are so many. You know, it, it, you'll see it in a whole different way because of COVID. So how do you feel about that? Because there are, you know, when you're watching it now, it's a lot different. You know, feeling. When you you see them in the gro- you know in the grocery store you know and even they have blindfolds on but we have masks on but they have blindfolds and which is ten times worse you know but mm-hmm. how do you feel now about well, people must say to you yeah. you know things about that I mean okay well obviously you know like it in on one level it's insane to compare like a like a book to what's happening right like so let's get that right. out of the way obviously yeah. it's yeah obviously it's ridiculous to even. Compare them anyway. Right. I realize, right. yeah, I realize all that. That this is like, come on, what are we? This is so real. What's happening versus the Bird Box mm-hmm. world? And at the same time, releasing the sequel, Mallory, um, during the lockdown, like during kind of like the yeah. height of it. This was in July 
And, you know, we're all like, what is going on? We're months into this. We're all freaked out, you know. Yeah. We still are, but we were really, right? Yeah. That was sort of the reality of it. But the weirdest part is that Mallory, the book, really is primarily about the fact that Mallory is, like, staunchly pro-blindfold. Yeah. And, like, like, like heavily, like, what would be the equivalent of pro-mask. But the odd yeah. thing is, is that she's sort of pitted as the conservative in the book, all right, um, yeah. across from her son, who is now, how old is he now in the book? He's now 16, I think, in the book. And, and her son is pitted as sort of a, I don't even mean to say this politically, but it's true. He's like, he's a progressive thinker. He's like, Mom, we can go beyond the blindfold. We could try, you know, we could, like, here's a way to, uh, you know, he's trying to constantly improve their situation rather than just a, a piece of cloth over their eyes. He's like, we, yeah. can, we could have sensors that go off where all the windows, all the shutters go down, stuff, what, all this stuff. So what's interesting, though, is that obviously I had no, none of us had any idea about any of this. You know, this was none. written a year before. Then. Right, exactly. And That's right, right. Yeah, and so there was almost this, like, you, like, almost felt, um, and I saw other authors talk about this, you almost, like, didn't want to, like, capitalize on what was happening. So, so like, you didn't want to be like, hey, we're in a pandemic. And so this book is of a sin. Instead, you're like, yeah. oh, man, um, well, this is the fun kind of scare. And it is. I mean, that's why we love, that's what I love about horror is that, you know, right. this is the good scare, not the bad scare. And, mm-hmm. and so it was hard to release Mallory yeah, during this that. period. It was a little strange. There was one moment where I, um, I was getting ready to leave the house and I grabbed my wallet and I grabbed my keys and I grabbed a map. And then I, I swear to God, I said to myself, Hey, don't forget your blindfold. And then I was like, yeah, wait, right. wait, dude, yeah. That's, yeah. I was like, dude, that's in your book. That's not reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, right. Because right. But then, you know, but then when you're watching, you know, uh, bird box, there's low supplies, you know, and then they had to go out, you know, it's like, you know, there are things that we like, like low supplies. Who'd ever think that that would happen? You know, like low supplies. You know, before anything, this is America. We don't have things like that happening. You know, and I know. Then, then we do. You know, and then there are people that will be afraid to ever go. I, I've heard from people that there are some people that are afraid to ever go out without a mask. Now they're just. I mean, they just are, you Uh know, and it's been such a horrible year for people that sometimes their brain is overtaking, which is what happens when you're writing, you know, the imagination goes, but this is reality. So, but when, you know, when you say horror, see, this is like, Elizabeth knows, we've talked about this so many times. To me, people, when they hear horror story, but this is like a thriller horror because you're sitting there. You don't know what's going to happen, so it's like a it's a thriller, really, you know, because you're sitting there in a bad situation. But when people say they go, "Oh, I don't like horror stories," but it's a thriller, really, because it's you know a lot of horrible things happen, and that make you like feel like you're watching a thriller, and you are. You know, I it, it's interesting because okay, so I wrote the rough draft. It's uh, a bird box in. I think it was 06, but it's important to note that after it got picked up by HarperCollins, I rewrote it again from scratch because for a million reasons. But one of the – so I've been with Mallory, and I've been with Bird Box for a long time, right? Um, and mm-hmm. As long as I've been with Goblin, yep. like I was telling you before, pretty much. So, so but one of the interesting sort of 
what's the right word, handoffs, I suppose, from music to, to writing books is that I find myself, in the band, I play, like, rhythm guitar. I'm not a lead guitarist. I'm not, I just, like, play to the beat, really, with the drummer. And I feel like that's how I write also. And, and, and there's no question to me that music has influenced that and, and informed yeah. that. And I, and I think, I know, that Bird Box was especially written with just sort of a four, four on the floor, like, just boom, mm, 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 like, beat the whole, as if, there was literally a drummer sitting next to me while I wrote it. And Mallory wow. was the same way. And when I was done, and it was just such, it, it was such a great experience. And any writer will understand what I mean when I say you, I, I finished the day session and by nightfall, I knew what I was going to write the next day. And that doesn't always yeah. happen. We all know that. Like, right, like yes. no, like, right. there, wasn't one, right. there wasn't one day. One day where I was like, oh, shoot, now it, now it happens. No, it yeah, was right. so smooth, that experience. Yeah. It just feels so and good I, when I, you finish I, writing something like that, too. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's mm-hmm. the greatest feeling. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, that was like, that's like a one note. Like, it was more like, um, mm-hmm. like a rave beat or like a, like a straight rock beat versus, um, you know, something scarier or, or weird or whatever. So I think I had a sense of what you're saying, that it felt more like a thriller. Like there was this propulsion, yeah. there yeah. was this engine behind it. But I, I still the whole time while writing it, like assumed I was writing a horror novel. Yeah. 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 Elizabeth, did you have some, you were going to say something? Uh, yeah. I was uh, curious about, um, I guess the transition from the book to the film for Bird Box. Um, did you? How much creative control did you have over the script or anything in with the movie? Or um, I, I don't. I don't how. I don't know how um, you handled that. I'm just curious about how it went. So I had none, and, and like zero, <laughs> and but. <laughs> But at the what a shack! What a shack! Hollywood! What a shack! What a shack! But at the same time, but at the same time, that's good. They they were um we were like, and I'm not just trying to be nice. We were like super welcome. <laughs> like I went out there, I saw the storyboards, I met the producers on the uni- <laughs> This was when it was still Universal on the Universal lot. We flew um to the netflix headquarters in la and we watched the movie we went to the premiere in la we were backstage with like sandra bullock and uh, the whole cast and everything at these premieres in in la and new york and i was on stage with all the actors and um the director Susanna beer in in um uh, was that new york or yeah in new york before the movie ran we're all on stage it was like unbelievable they were super welcoming super Open arm, blah, blah, blah. But no, I had no yeah. say. And I'll tell yeah. you what, Elizabeth, I was kind of like glad for that. And it was similar yeah. <laughs> to like being in a band. Yeah. Because yeah. like when I write the song in the band, I don't say to the drummer like, Derek, you should play this. And Chad, you have you thought about this? No, I'm mm-hmm. like, here's the song. You guys roll with it. And I feel like that's what happened here. I wrote Bird Box. I wrote the song. And then the band, the film people, they, they, they played it how they wanted it. And I was like, Loved it. Great. Go for it. And I'm I'm already like used to sort of relinquishing control, I suppose, once it's written. So I, it was very well, natural. See that you know what though? Like, yeah, that, that's why you were ready for this because as an agent, part of me talking right now, 
that is a problem for a lot of authors. They will not relinquish anything. They'll go like, oh, I don't think I, this can't happen. But, yeah, if you want to sell it, yeah, it can happen, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, you're not selling it because – and once they take – the movie or take your book or whatever screenplay it's theirs and you have to get over that and if you can't mm-hmm. then you're not ready yeah because well you i understand yeah you know I, I feel like there's like man i feel like there's a couple um <laughs> like how do you explain it like i understand why someone would feel that way right it's like oh they do feel book, that way yeah it goes but then i guess i look at it like this there's a couple things that i i have in mind if so long as there's no moral quandary like for example right. like that, that's hey, Josh, right. we yeah. love your yeah. we love your mm-hmm. book but we think we should it should all take place in taco bell because we want to sell taco but then i'd be like oh god wait what's going on right now what are we doing you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and, right. the, and the other <laughs> it's the that other movie thing. with kevin bacon with kevin bacon i can't think of the name <laughs> of that movie where they change the whole that, that they start with one part of the movie and then by the time he's done he doesn't even know his characters or they changed everything I can't think of that name. Well, like, like I said earlier, yeah. I mean, I used to work in the movies. I mean, I worked on Die Hard with a Vengeance as uh, uh, lighting. And a lot of, like you said, Marsha, a lot of writers don't want to relinquish their control of yeah. their books. But yeah. the thing is that movies are a very visual medium. It's completely different from writing yeah. a book. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, you have to trust the people that are making the movie that they know what they're doing and they're going to do justice yeah. to the book. Doesn't you hope so my, okay. cases where it was just awful, but it's a whole different medium. And, um, a lot of writers don't understand that, that it's a different way of expressing, uh, I guess, you know, expressing the, the, the mood and the everything involving with the book. And uh, sometimes it yeah, turns my, out well. My take on that. Bird Box was a good example of, of, a, of, a, of yeah. a good way of it turning out. I thought so, too. I, I was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess, okay, the way I see that real fast, I didn't mean to talk over you twice, sorry. But the way I no, see no, it no. is like um, – is like so long as the core idea remains intact, and in this case, mm-hmm. that yeah. would be uh, a woman and two kids fleeing blindfolded. They can't, you know, remove the blindfold. So, in other words, if in the movie they were like, "Hey, you know, let's get rid of this blindfold thing," I would be like, "Wait a minute, that's not what's going on. This isn't <laughs> even the same story." But anything else outside of that, any changes outside of that core idea, yeah, yeah go for it. Do your do your version. As long as we, as long as the movie is about the same thing that the book is about, yes. then I'm right. fine. The number of characters, if it's a male instead of a female or a female right. instead of a male, who cares about all that? Have fun. But, but let's keep that core conceit intact. Yes, that, mm-hmm. that's true. And, you know, there, so there's, a, you know I, I, in my client's contracts, they used to have something, you know, we had a, a clause in it that if they, at the end of the day, if they didn't like the way they made they didn't have to put their name on it then because sometimes, you know, that, you wouldn't want to put your name on something, let's just say that it was bought, and then you hate everything they did with it, and it is about a moral, you know, something you don't believe in at all, you know. Uh, right. Then that's a bad thing because you don't want your name associated with that. And fine, okay, so you've made the money, but you're just out of it, you know. You just let yourself out of that because otherwise you don't want that as, you know, to be something that you're remembered for. 
you know, yeah, about, so about, yeah, about a month ago, I, I watched uh, The Turning, which was based on one of my favorite horror stories, The Turn of the And I watched it specifically for that reason. And the movie was awful because it had nothing to do with the book, except that yeah. the characters had the same names. And instead of, a, instead of it being a ghost story, it was about uh, the main governess character going slowly crazy. And I'm like, this is not what the book is about. And the movie was just awful anyway. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if Henry James were alive. Yeah, because they can't do that. Do that. I mean, that's, just, that's what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. They can do it. If they buy the rights to it, it's theirs, mm-hmm. you know, without those clauses in it. And which is the thing, you know, and so, you know, which is nice that you got to meet them, you know, because sometimes, you know, as writers, we all hear the stories and we know the stories too, a lot of them, that, you know, mm-hmm. they'll go like, oh, you know, like a lot of times in the Academy Awards, they'll all say, you know, because the writer really is the important part of the whole thing. Because without that writer, there's no story. That's it. It's yeah, over. I know. It's really a, it's really a, <laughs> And it's like, it's okay, who's, like, the, who's the writer? Well, I don't know who the writer is, but, you know, who's <laughs> who did this? And it's, you know, and then I forgot, somebody once said they, they put them back in the kitchen, like all the way at the end of the table. So going, okay, here's where the writers are, you know. I mean, but the writers yeah. are, that's it. They don't have anything without a script or a book. I, I know. Us. It's like the last, you know, they like need the us. last person. <laughs> Yeah, the last person they want in the room is the guy who thought of it all. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is unbelievable, but it's true. You know, I mean, it's true, but, you know, and achieving success, but luckily you're happy with it, and that's a good thing, you know. So that works out for everybody when everybody's happy, how it, you know, turned out, you know, and it is such a successful movie, and it, it'll keep going, you know, to be a success. Let's talk about uh, how about the one I'm listening to now, A House at the Bottom of the Lake. It is, I, I just started listening to it and I love it. I mean, and the character. So talk about that book a little because that just reminds me of like, I, when you were a kid, did you have a very vivid imagination? Did oh, yeah. Were, and, and not yeah, only yeah, that, it's yeah. Interesting, interesting that you asked that because um, my, earliest, my early, earliest memories of wanting to be a writer and this. I used to always say to myself, like, oh, um, you know, I'd count on my hands. There's the, there's the uh, book about the woods. There's the book about the lake. There's the book about the road, you know, <laughs> as, if, as if you couldn't have woods and a lake in one book, right? And, <laughs> and so it's interesting that you're asking that because, yes, I, I used to always, I've always, especially growing up in Michigan, I've always wanted to write a lake story. And Allison, my fiance, she's from the Upper Peninsula. and. Okay. We were up there. We were like 10 hours north, still in Michigan. And we're in the, you know, where her parents are from and where Allison's from. There's a thing called Twin Lakes, and we're canoeing on it. And we got to a spot where there was sort of like, it wasn't a tunnel, but it was like a little bridge overpass. And the concrete sides had friendly graffiti all over it, you know, like funny, like deeper stuff, right? And we go through there, and then we're kind of out in what's like a lot deeper, darker second lake. And I said to Allison, I was like, and there was an eagle's nest up there. I mean, it was just a very, it was like nature now, right? Yeah. And I remember saying to Allison, like, how freaking scary if we passed over, like, the, the very, like, top, like, roof of a house right now. And she's right. like, oh, God, you know? And I was like, just imagine it would just tell us, like, how deep this is, you know? And then yeah. we both kind of stopped, and I, and I was like, yeah, the, sec- the second we get back, I'm going to start working on that one. 
Like yeah, it, it was it's like, like, that like one the was third like le- the third lake or something, right? It's like yeah, but you have yeah. to have an imagination to think that way, you know. And I think that you know, I think people, authors especially, sometimes they're afraid to push, to you know. And it seems in your writing that you're not, and that's a good thing. You just go, you just go for it, you know. And uh, what would be your advice to tell people to just go? I mean, you see the story, but you're just you really go for it. That's you know, like you can see that in Birdback. You just go for it. You know, it's like you didn't like say, oh, should I do this or should I not? You just went for it. Well, I think number one, I think in today's world, like like elasticity in in genre is more welcome than ever before. So, yeah. so if you have an idea that you're like, oh, I don't know if this is horror. Well, no, 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 no. It's okay. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about if it right. fits. Don't worry if it fits into that squarely. Go for right. it. And also, mm-hmm. and, and actually relish that because it could end up meaning that you're writing something unique, right? But also, yeah. I think there's a tendency to have this fear, and I used to have this, but I don't anymore. Or maybe yeah. I never did, but I know I'm friends who do. <laughs> where there's a fear almost of, of like. The like everything you write representing you, mean, meaning, yeah, representing yeah, you yes. in full. Like this oh, I has totally to understand be my that. totally. Yes, right. Yeah. It's like where well, this has to be my entire worldview, and it's like no, 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 yeah. and it doesn't. It can be one sliver of your worldview. You don't have yeah. to write the opposite of how you think, but you don't have to say everything you think either. So, so right. it's okay if you're like this isn't really me. Well, maybe take that path because you're stretching if you take that path, and you may end up writing. You know, something that's exciting, fresh, original, even to you. Yeah, I, I think not, right, you know, that's one of the problems. I think because people go like, okay, I'm going to write an erotic film, okay, or I'm going to write an erotic yeah. book. And then I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's like so, so, see, this is my issue with this, because you can't, I don't think people can stay in an exact genre. If you have, it was hard for me when I first started to think like, oh, if I'm writing a movie, you know, that's um, a drama, can I have comedy in it? And I went like, no. But now I go like, yeah, because you have to have some yeah, leap. Yeah. <laughs> but at the beginning, well, I went like, oh, no, how can I think that well, something is funny when best. something is bad, you know? Well, that's I think your response is just to write what you want to write and let the library yes. association decide exactly how to categorize it. Yes. Because uh, if you try to pigeonhole yourself, you're going to you're going to limit your own your own writing because you have a you might have a, a limited view of what the genre may be. So when you start a book, uh, you might come up with uh, you know stereotypical stuff. Then stop. Think beyond that. I mean, like what like 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 what uh, what Josh is saying, just think beyond that, and um, you know some more originality will come will come out of it. Yeah, but, but I have also, a lot of right. into into yeah. a category. Yeah. Also, there, there's like a, a flip side to this too, though, right? Which is like you like let's say that you now have written a number of what you might consider more elastic or or little harder to classify, right? right? So then maybe mm-hmm. you have an idea that you think is really straight horror, and you're like, oh, that's not me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm not writing just as a standard ghost story. Yeah. Well, why not, dude? You haven't done that yet. And like, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and also, it's like there's no other medium except maybe stand-up comedy where you're so naked with the audience, right? Where it's just right, you right. and the mm-hmm. audience, right? right? There's right, no right. drummer to hide behind. There's no cinematography to make it right, look right, great. Right, you know, right, it's just right. you, right? Mm-hmm. And no so, wardrobe, nothing. So, right. It's just right. And you're, so you're going to tell that you're going to make a ghost story your own weird way anyway. So there's a flip mm-hmm. side too where, hey, man, 
if you find that you, if you fancy yourself um, an expansive sort of elastic artist, it's not a terrible idea to write what you might consider a straight story every now and then too. Yeah. See, yeah. I think you know, and you know, the, you know, people writing a log line or writing, you know. Um, a little synopsis, you know, the, it's so hard to, you know, but in, you know, I found something of yours. It's at the house of, at the bottom of the lake that was, it goes like this. I think this is your synopsis was so many love stories begin this. It's a, it is summer. It's a beautiful night at the lake in the woods. They are 17 and it is their first date, but no other love story ends like this. So it's simple, but so good. <laughs> this is what I got to say. It's really hard right. to get. I know. Do you know, well, like you know, we were talking before, really Elizabeth, and like Elizabeth said that I had a, a weird history of not pitching, um, not doing the elevator pitch of Bird Box and others. So I find myself like, um, uh, I struggle more often than than not with with like with copy, with back, you know, copy with with um, pitching ideas even to my agent. Like I, I, I hate like, it. I don't I have like it. a history. I, I, of, I don't like yeah. it at all. I hate it. I'm bad. I'm bad, and oh, I was an so agent. Hard. I was an agent. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like, it's so much more than these three sentences, but here's I these know. three sentences anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's listed. Okay, so you're listed in. So this is. I'm so glad you're talking about this because I, you know, I find myself not in one genre a lot, and it's very hard to market myself. So I and I don't care anymore. I'm just doing what I want to do. But you have, you know, it like magic realism. What? Do, okay. What does that mean to you, magic realism? Do they have that in the genre I'm, for you? I would, it, to me, I would qualify magical realism as being like um, the there that the root of everything is a real story. Like in this case, um, uh, like the the important part, the shiny part, is the actual love story, and mm-hmm. that all the other elements are anything supernatural or scary or whatever are here to bolster. Um, those the love story or like the real story, right? The I'm um, the meaning yeah, of the natural right. story, but right, at the right. same time, the characters like yes, they're like what the hell is this? But they also accept it readily. So so it's not just um, a combination of the real and the unreal, but there's also sort of a sense of like like Amelia and James. It doesn't take them long to start playing house down there, and I think right, that's right, right, where right. it kind of becomes magical. Whereas if the three of us were down there. I don't know if we'd ever go back. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, I probably wouldn't be even close to that. I wouldn't even be there yeah. at all. <laughs> but, yeah. right, and, and it's just, but it's just, you know, it's so regular to them, you know, what they're doing. You know, it's just like, oh, fine, yeah. you know, we'll just do this. And so that's really why it's, but you also have sex in it, and, you know, and which is a good thing. Because that is what could happen. I mean, I just think, and 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 I like there was one part where you go like, well, maybe not. They didn't do it right then. You know, they weren't that then. Okay. Yeah. So I think that they thought about what they were doing. You know, they each of them. That's why yeah. I like because this audio has a male and a female, and it's really good. It's very effective, very effective, the way they do it. You know, and you're feeling it for both of them. You know, they're young. And that's what yeah. makes me feel like yeah, when you were is. young, you had a young, very vivid imagination because of that, you know, and and not afraid. So I think that, you know, like you're saying, that people need to realize just write the story. Don't worry about where it fits. Just write it, and then it'll fit. Well, there's you'll also, have people like it. And, 
and I mean, you guys are the two of you are going to relate to this for sure. They're, the rewrites are so extensive with every single thing you write. Yeah. The rewrites yeah. are so freaking yeah. extensive uh-huh. that what does it matter if you're doing it right or not in the rough draft? And and right. and, and if it doesn't matter if you're doing yeah. it right or not in the rough draft, then why not take yeah. those chances? That's right. That's a good. That's very good advice for people because I do think yeah. that. People are afraid to take a chance sometimes. And, um, you know, because it took me a long time to get over the fact that, no, this is not me. When I write, this has nothing to do with me. And it really doesn't. It's not characters I know. It's not, I mean, my characters are not people I know. They're just, I take fragments of life. And I don't know these people. I mean, I know them now because they're my characters, because they're like people to me. But, you know, I mean, they're not. You know, it's not taken after, like, a friend of mine or my parents or whatever, you know. So I think that that's what people have to realize is just write and don't worry about all of that sometimes because it is hard to get rid of that. You know, uh, I wrote under a male name for a, a lot of years, you know, because I just, I thought, oh, how can I do this? I'm swearing and I'm doing this and that, and I'm thinking, I I don't want people to think this is me, but, you know, it was just my characters doing it, not me. So I think when you're telling people that, it's such a, Good piece of advice, Josh. Really, I mean, it actually is great, you know, for young people. Or not young, anybody out there writing. We all face this. That's the one thing. We all face the same problems in some way. Oh, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. How, how interesting, right? Like with the, to, to, yeah. to, to see that <laughs> right. and to hear that. You know, when you're alone with it at first, um, you kind of assume like, oh, no, like, I'm not cut out for this because I, this is like, you're, I have all these problems and I'm alone with them. And then you realize literally every single writer has those same problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I like, oh, cool. about, our regular friends don't get it because we get it. We know this, mm-hmm. you know. We can take one thought and we change it into several different thoughts, you know, and then you go, oh, is this right? Is this right? You know, so just do it. I think, you know, I think it's really good that you say that because you are successful. So I think when people are successful, they want to know these things about people because they want to wonder, they wonder people that have actually had some, a good degree of success. Right. Like there, there are certain, there's, oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. There are, there are certain authors that you almost imagine this, like, like um like sharp shooting like like they have it all figured out you know like maybe they write like like best selling thrillers or whatever it is and you just picture it like oh they're like in a like a like a book factory when they're writing but me I'm here like like treading water practically drowning right and then but like no no that's not what happened and so again I think that it, it it's just such a small concept but when it really takes root when it and when when it goes from being like oh that's interesting to actually taking root yeah. the fact that there's so there's going to be so much rewriting anyway you can decide yeah. later if it was a the wrong chance to take you can decide later if it's if it's too much unlike you whatever but why yeah. not write it in that rough draft why not include it all yeah. when you're there yeah. why not just do it yes yeah, I have a, I have a problem well, a, editing. I, I, you know, that, I need editing. Like, all right, go ahead, Elizabeth. Go ahead. Oh, go I was going to say it's a comforting thought that you know, like what Josh was saying, that a lot of writers have the same experiences, both good and bad. The problem yes. is that we tend to be so isolated because you know, writing is a right. solitary occupation. That some writers don't seem to know that you know what they're feeling is perfectly normal. 
And, uh, you know, with, without the support that you get, say, from uh, groups on Facebook, you know, that, that I right. have or uh, some organizations, you might be tempted to just throw in the towel because you don't know anything. Right. Oh, you yeah. don't know any better. And a lot which is of, why I've, I've, right, which is why I've done the show for 12 years because I write notes and I, you know, everything that people say sticks in my mind. Some, some leaves, mm-hmm. some stays. You know, I mean, everything isn't going to stay, but a lot of it stays, and a lot of it has made my writing better because I, I've heard this, and I think you're, you're right because we need to hear from other authors of going through the, like, you know. That it doesn't just, you don't just sit there and the whole thing turns out perfect, you know, and you go, oh, I'm done, the end, and it's wonderful, you know. <laughs> right, like, for example, for example, I told you that the rough draft experience for Bird Box was like the best experience you could possibly have, right? And then I also mm-hmm. told you that I rewrote that book from scratch. Yeah. Right, so, right. in other words, in other words, you're telling me, man, that you – that I completely abandoned what was the be- one of the best artistic experiences of my life. Yes, I rewrote it entirely from scratch after that. So if that doesn't tell me, hey, man, go for it in the rough draft, yeah, nothing exactly. does. Because no, it's going to change right, so much by the right. time it's done anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, and I do think that a lot of people don't realize, like when they if – you, if you look at any Hollywood screenplay from years ago, you know, and – you would take that screenplay and put it to test right now, probably wouldn't have got done. And they're very famous movies. <laughs> you go like, mm-hmm. oh, really? You know, and because the more you think about it, you know, if you're doing dialogue, just write, just put two people in a room or, in, or under the lake, wherever you want to put them, you know, in a lake, <laughs> you know, and just have them talk wherever they are. You know, and that's what you do. You know, and don't try to think about, you know, just pretend they're sitting there and they're talking you know, wherever they are, and then you have a scene, you know. So I think that that's what you have to remember is doing those things when you're writing. You know, just put them, you know, if you need them to get together, figure out how to get them together, and once they are, they, they'll talk, I think, you know, at least mine talk. You know, what can I say? No, you know, I love so. what you're saying right now so much. <laughs> like, I've never heard somebody say it like that before, and wow, I'm, if you ever hear me, using that in an interview and and i sound like i think it's my own that means that i forgot that it was yours because i love that idea man just put this put the two people in a room and have them talk man right. like that's like that's all you got to do right. <laughs> yeah, just put them together and then you'll, you'll be surprised what they'll say because you know yeah, that's exactly right. that's really I what happens it. Thank you. After 12 years, good, I said one good thing. Uh, you know, that's why that's what's so fun about talking to authors, you know, and not being really serious about it because, you know, it's not like saying, okay, like when you were 10, were you a good student, you know, or did you know, that, you know, because this is not really how writers think. This is what people would like to think writers are like, but we're not like this. I, I hated school, you know, and I hate to, hate to be truthful, but I didn't really like school, you know, and um what I could have done is other things, you know, and I did do other things. And then one day, then I came back to it. But, you know, so sometimes it takes a while to get back to, you know, whatever you were doing, you know, and, well, but you shouldn't be afraid. Well, it's interesting what you're saying right now, too, again, because um, I've, I kind of always have equated writing in a similar way to like 
a sort of do-it-yourself rock and roll aesthetic. And I don't mean that I'm like pouring whiskey on the rough draft. I just mean that I'm like, <laughs> like let's roll. We don't we don't need um we don't need uh the big the big stage. We don't need a ton of money. Let's roll. Let's just write this book. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And. Yeah. You know, someone else might think, oh, to write a book, I need an education in, in English. Yeah. Or that, you know. No, you don't. Right. No, you don't. You don't, you don't need anything but your, you, you know, it, 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 it blows my mind constantly. Yep. That's, and it just blows my mind that we all have the same thing, which is the blank page. Like the, the yeah. greatest books we've ever read and, and whatever, you know, yeah. it all starts with just a blank page. There's no, again, no cinematography, no drummer, no, yeah. no, no font <laughs> even right. to hide behind. Right. And it's right. like, so I, I'm just sort of, you know, I, the way that you said that too, that's what spoke to me most in the sort of early days and, and still now is this sense of like, write for no reason. Like, just go, go, right. go. Just like you would pick up the guitar and play for no reason. You right. just want to play. Yeah. 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 I think so. But, you know, because you're right. Because when, you know, that's what, you know, you were saying about all, all the things you were saying are really very helpful to people because, you know, sometimes when I say them, they go like, oh, all right, big deal. But you're saying it, you know, it makes more sense because then they can actually see that what what has happened in your career. But, you know, and it doesn't just happen. You know, you get lucky, but you you have to be there. Like you were at the right place because you knew already. You didn't just like one day say I'm going to sit and write. You've been writing. You know, it right. wasn't like one day. Okay, I'm going to sit down and write. Right. You know, like someone says, oh, I had a dream. They dreamed it, and then they're an automatic success. That does not really happen to most. It has happened to some, probably. You know, my dreams don't last that long that I could write a book on, <laughs> but I can. Well, you know, but. Well, Robin Williams did say it took me three months to prepare that ad lib. Yeah, so right, exactly. Yeah. About. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we all have little bits of paper, and on my phone, you know, we have notes, and I'm making notes, and then sometimes after I'm even done with what I'm writing, I never even looked at those notes. But once I write it down, it's in my head. If I never write it down, it's never coming back, whatever it was. You know, but I write like way. a note. Yeah. Is that I'm how you are? My songwriting partner, Mark, he forever would just kind of remember ideas, and I would be like, man, you got to, like, like really? Like, we got to like, do a voicemail or something. But, but he, um, he, he could remember ideas forever. And then Allison, um, when she, she's a, she writes songs as well, and I'll be like, baby, you got to, like, record this. But, no, she, she just remembers them all. I'm the same way as you. i got to write yeah. it down, give myself yep. a message, make a voicemail, Otherwise, it's gone. It just gets yeah. Because I, I look at people like when they're, they're right. and, and when they're saying like a poet. Let's say someone a poet is, and I I've done poetry and I had a poetry children's book, but I can't like they could read it off when they could remember. They're going like, oh, they they say it, and they're going like, I go, oh, that's really good. I don't know how they do it? Because you know, but and you know, they just recite the whole poem. You know, I could sit down and write it, and when I'm writing, which I think happens to a lot of writers, when you're writing something, like even when you were rewriting it, you still, once you go back to your characters, you're right in there. You know them. So oh, you yeah. will be saying oh, yeah. something, you will say the same thing, and you'll turn the page probably and look and go, oh, they already said that already. What is wrong with me? You know, because yeah, you no, know. That, yes, that happens, <laughs> yeah. When, when uh, I'll, I'll, well, with rewriting, I'll be like, you know what would be great to happen next, and then that would happen next. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. <laughs> I go like I did that already. You think, oh my God, I got this best idea. 
then you go like, oh, I, must <laughs> yeah. I must have that idea when I wrote it before. But that, that truly yeah. means those characters are with you. So no matter when you write them, they're there. And they, they are the ones talking, you know, and so they do say the same things, even if it's 10 years later, you know. And so I think that that's one of the things that a lot of writers don't realize, that a lot of us have those things that we do. You know, we know we do them, you know, and we know we can't probably talk to other people about it. They'll probably think we're crazy because they don't get it, you know, but authors get it. Like you just said, you said, oh, you uh, and Elizabeth, will, because we do understand that. And Elizabeth, yeah, and yeah, we've yeah. done so many shows yeah. together, and we know. Oh, like, yeah. I know that she likes to ask a lot of questions. So, Elizabeth, is there anything that you didn't ask that you wanted to? Oh, not really. I think we pretty much covered okay. everything that, that I have on my list. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, in my list, oh, in did, my head. I did want to say one thing. I did want yes. to say one thing. Congratulations on your uh, making finalist list for the Stoker Awards from Howie yes. and one last transformation. Wow, That's thank great. you. You know, That's I, great. I, I thank you. Yeah, uh-huh. I haven't uh, I haven't won a Stoker yet. Maybe maybe this year is that year. I I um, <laughs> it's interesting. I I kind of look at it in a strange way. Like I get like believe me, I know that a, an award doesn't mean your book's better or, or worse than someone else's. Like I get it. If you lose, it doesn't mean you're worse. But at the same time, I I find myself like like wanting a Stoker award, and and there's yeah. two reasons. One, <laughs> right, is, right. Mm-hmm. One is growing up in bookstores <laughs> and, like, seeing Stoker Award, you know, on, on all these horror novels that, you know, you loved, right? And yeah. the other one is that it almost feels like to win a Stoker would almost be like, 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 like tell history or something that, like, I was a part of and am a part of this era or something. But you so are because you, you have books. But you are already. I know. I know. I know. No, I know. You you're really right. are. <laughs> you really are because that 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 movie's going to be around forever, you know. And the books. But, See, that's the whole thing. Even when we're gone, if somebody picks up a book that we've written that they've never done a movie on, someone might say, you know, this would be a great movie, you know. Oh and yeah. So you have done that without even knowing it. You have done that mm-hmm. because Pete, you yeah, are no, you are I, a piece of history. I suppose I well you know I got you know because Allison would be like oh don't worry you know it's 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 just an award or everyone says that really to each other you know I know and, right, but it's like right. I find myself I find myself I'm like I know what you mean but I actually want one I know <laughs> okay that's like on the Grammys you know not well not Grammys actually at the Golden Globes now because we're they were doing it because of COVID they're doing it on the Zoom you know they're all on camera and that's worse because. You can really see how they look when they didn't get it. it. You know, they don't. If you're in the, if they, if you're in, you know, um, wherever they have it before, and they have the centers where they have any of the awards, you don't see all the people. But you're looking at them right on screen when they're do, they did them this time. And so if somebody's sad, you're seeing their face. You know, and there, there's a lot of people that you're not happy because you really, you know, it is nice to win awards. You know, everybody says they don't want them, yeah. but when they win them, they like it. You know, right, mm-hmm. exactly, right. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything until, until you win one, and then it's like super exciting. Right? <laughs> then you go, yeah, but I mean, I got whatever. You. Either way, either way, I mean, I understand. Like, there's whatever. I'm good either way. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right, so, you know, we're almost done. So, okay, uh, Elizabeth, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, um, I'm Elizabeth A. Black. I'm I'm Elizabeth A. Black on Facebook, and I'm also Elizabeth A. Black at blogspot.com for my website. And um, yeah, I did want to mention that my interview with Josh is coming out in the horror zine 
sometime in the spring. I handed That's in the great. materials a couple of days ago, but I don't have a date yet. And um, I have a couple of stories that I'm working on and a few that are out right now. So, you know, And I think you'll be on a show with me. You go, we're going to have a show together uh, soon. We're going to talk about Handmaid's Tale. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> Definitely. That's, that's yeah, that's my new show. I probably should say this before I forget. Hello, Hollywood mm-hmm. is a new show I'm having, which is going to be with authors or people. Anybody can be on the show. You know, it's not just if you have a book or a screenplay. It, we're just going to talk about different movies and old and new. Mm-hmm. And cause I think it would be fun because I think this year everybody's watched so many movies that sometimes you want to talk about them and there's nobody to talk to. <laughs> So you want to talk about it. So I think we can do that on this show. So I think we're going to uh, – I'm starting this next Friday, uh, next Tuesday. And um, the first show, I'm not sure of exact format. I'll have to make that format as the show goes. I'll see how it goes. So, um, But I think I'm going to have a lot of them because I think they're going to be fun. And I think right now during the pandemic, everybody's starting to get out a little more now. And we need to have more fun, you know, because this has been such a hard year. So um, mm-hmm. it'll start next week. So, Josh, what's up for you, and where will they find you? Everywhere. <laughs> You're everywhere. <laughs> it, it, it's just Josh Mallerman everywhere, um, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, everywhere. But the website used to be boring, but it's not anymore, and here's why. is that at the beginning of the pandemic, I had planned on um, writing a novel, just, just to write the next one, whatever, um, in April. And then, every, and then the whole world, you know, shut down. And at the same time, my webmaster asked me if I had a new short story to put on the website for free. And I was like, no, I don't really have one. And I don't really feel like – I feel like writing this book instead of a story. And then, yeah. and then I said to him, I'm like, listen, you know, let's serialize a novel for free on the website. I'll send you – I'll write a chapter, check it, send it to you. You know, every few days we put the next chapter up. He was like, dude, this sounds great, blah, blah, blah. So we, we did yeah. it. So now on the website – is an entire novel, like it's longer than Bird Box or Mallory even, called Carpenter's Farm that was written, um, I guess you could argue was as close to um, a live performance of a novel as I think I could possibly get. And it is is on the website for free. It's just sitting there. There's so... Now the website's a lot more fun than it used to be. There's a whole book up there. Well, we forgot something also. We have to talk about Shameless, the song. We don't oh, yeah. talk about that. Yeah, they're, okay, on, they're on the I last want to forget few episodes that. now. Yeah, we, I me know. and my best friends are, have been in a band together for a long time now, like 20 years. Um, we've known each other since we were like 11 even. And we, you know, 10, 11 years ago, we got a phone call from an amazing woman, um, Mara Schwartz, who was shopping our songs to film and TV. And she's like, hey, I think I got you guys a theme song. And we're like, what? what you know, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, there's a new show on, starring William H. Macy on Showtime, and, and they want your song, uh, the, uh, the Luck You Got. And I was like, we were all like, what? That song? Like, we just didn't even know what was going on, you know? And we were like, yes, of course. Let's do it. So you, you get a gig like that. It's the greatest thing ever. And you kind of think that, you know, maybe it'll last a year or two. Here we are, oh, no. season 11. Yep. It's the last season. And they've season, used it the whole and time. And they've used it, the and they've not switched the whole time. time. 
you know. Yeah, and, and it's so like it's so what, interesting uh, that they kept the entire time, which is a good thing, you know. They kept, you know, and I mean, I think that's a that's so interesting because most of the time they switch things up a lot, you know. But they I know, and I, like they I watch, I know they could have changed it every year, you it's know, whatever, good, right? It and it, like, it so fits that show I the way know. they do it. I mean, I mean, I love the show, you know, I mean, it's been so long that it's been on, but, you know, it's just, you know, because as we said before, it's like you go, you want to close your eyes and go, are they really doing this on the air? I'm like, yeah. yes, they are, and they are, and they, they do, it's unbelievable what goes on, you know, but it's it's been 11 years, and you see them grow up, it's so, it's, that's the best part of it, is that the same people are on it, and you get yeah, to see I know. the kids it's grow really, up. It's truly remarkable. The show is awesome. The performances, oh, like like you you were saying, maybe off air, like William H Macy doing something he's never really done before. Yeah, it's um, we got to watch these younger actors grow up. Yeah. Like, and then, oh, again God. for us, what an what an unbelievable thing for us. Like, mm-hmm. again, we were just practicing that day. We got a call, you know. Hey, we got so this great. gig, and it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, so great, so great. So yeah, when I saw that, I, I saw that when I was doing, you know, looking up stuff for you, I'm thinking like, oh my God, shameless, <laughs> the song. Yeah. Because it really, you know, and I guess. So when? Do you know what channel it's on? Well, well, right now it's on Showtime, but it'll probably oh, be okay. somewhere after. It's, yeah, and all the seasons are still there, I'm sure. You know, and I'm sure yeah. they'll pick it up somewhere. I'm pretty sure, you know, it'll be. You'll probably see it on Netflix, maybe. Maybe, who knows? But it might. You know, because most of the shows are picked up. You know, Netflix has all the, you know, a lot of shows that they picked up. And so does Peacock. There's so many. I, every day there's another thing that comes on the TV and they go like, what is this? <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what they're called. You know, and I keep signing <laughs> up for all of them. I go, okay, what? Passion X or whatever? Passion Flick? I took that. Yeah. You want to sign up for all know. of them. They're going to nickel and dime you to death. <laughs> I know, but it, it is. You know, I know, but then the unfortunate part is, if you don't have one of them, then you can't see some of the things. That's the thing. So you have to have a lot of them so you could see it. You know, it's not everywhere. You know, but I think Netflix has picked up a lot of stuff. They really have. You know, so I think. Uh, but shame, it's on Showtime right now. You have to yep. start from the beginning for three more episodes. <laughs> okay. Three more, three more episodes. Three more. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. So everybody, watch everything and watch. You know, and um, we'll be looking forward to talking to you again, Joshua. I hope you'll come on because it was so much fun. You know, and it's great to have you. Oh, everyone. I would love to. I would love <laughs> okay. you. Thank you okay. So much for having me. And Elizabeth, you will definitely be coming back. We know. Oh yes. Definitely. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. All right, and have a great day. Great. Thanks. <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.